everybody and welcome along to episode 73 of the hunger for the hustle podcast this episode is a little bit different today because i usually like to dive in to people's journeys of business and entrepreneurship um and i've got uh, just a great gentleman and a, a friend through a friend of mine mark Bertrand, on today mark is the founder and executive director of the not-for-profit The Giving Circle, originally founded in 2005 in response to Hurricane Katrina and Rita, and it's since expanded its efforts from 2005 into working locally throughout the United States in Saratoga County, partnering with the city of Saratoga to found and operate Code Blue, which is an emergency homeless shelter, and then expanding from there nationally in efforts in the Gulf Coast and the New York City area, and then internationally, it just grows and grows and grows, to the Giving Circle Africa, which is a not-for-profit, which works on projects including the Koi Koi House Orphanage, I hope I got that right, two schools, one but two schools, a health clinic, farming, and more in Uganda. Now, the key a key thing is why I brought Mark on the show is because the Giving Circle will be the recipient of the forthcoming book, The Hunger for the Hustle, 33 People's Stories of Struggles to Success. And Aaron Grider, who I've already had on the podcast, a great friend of mine, is Mark's partner at the Giving Circle. And he will actually feature along with 33 other authors in the book. So, Mark, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you aboard. As I said, anyone who's a friend of Aaron's is a friend of mine. So thanks for joining me today. Well, I'd like to thank you. Certainly, Aaron's a very good friend of mine. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a great guy and a not too bad jockey either. <laughs> no, very good jockey, one of the best. Yeah, and we were just talking off camera about how you guys met, and uh, look, I'd love for you to tell that story again for the audience. Um, I was as a professional. Um, strength and nutrition coach and strength and nutrition coach and sports nutritionist. I met Aaron through another jockey that I was rehabbing, Shane Sellers, who was really one of the best jockeys in the world. Um, He told me that he had a jockey friend, one of the other jockeys, who had an incredible work ethic. My training sessions were really um, sort of bizarrely hard. Um, for several reasons, but, uh, Aaron came and Aaron's work ethic is just amazing. Um, I think you probably, since you've become friends with him, you've seen that. Yeah, sure. I've seen that, you know, he's, um, he's someone who puts an awful lot of hard work in and, and really you, you can, you can tell that he's, he's really not only loves what he does, but he's also very good at it because you can see the results he gets, not just in the USA, but in the Middle East, and I know he's even he's even raced for my my good queen and raced some of her horses as well. And he said he really enjoyed that. So now the Giving Circle that that's been going since two thousand and five. Of course, I know as I've already mentioned, it, it was born really out of a response to Hurricane Katrina and Rita. But look, I'll hand over to you there because I'm sure you can tell a bit more of the backstory of how it came to be better than I can. As 
even as uh, very young as a teenager, I always wanted to have a charity. We happened to be in uh, Cape Cod with friends when um, Katrina hit. And we were trying to decide how we would respond just as friends. We weren't a charity at that point. So on, on the drive home, my wife and I decided that usually what happens with natural disasters is many people rush in and they usually make many mistakes and get in the way. So we didn't want to be first responders. I tried to think about when would be the best time to enter, when would they would suffer the most. And I thought it would be around the holidays. So mm -hmm. that's put together. We called it Operation Cajun Christmas because most of it was set up in Cajun territory and in um, the United States. So what we did was the idea was was to put together an email and send that email to all of our friends. The email asked two basic things. One, send a toy, a gift, a toy, a gift card, or cash to us. We weren't a charity at the time. So for some people, it was a little bit of a risk as far as cash. Mm. But uh, and then take that email and send it to all their friends and then right. continue this, continue this. And this email ended up, uh, I had called Aaron about it. He sent it to all his friends. So what happened is this email actually crossed the country. So wow. in the end of it, um, we originally were going to uh, hit just Kate or um, Katrina, but then Rita hit. So we had set up because one of my other jockey clients was in uh, Louisiana where Rita had hit. So that's where we set up the base. We ended up all together between bringing toys to, to um, Louisiana, but always also many of the people who were affected by both hurricanes were spread around the country. So I was able to send them either cash or gift cards. So in all um, from Cajun Christmas, we were able to give Christmas to over 7,000 children. Um, wow. Altogether, it was about two tractor trailer loads of, of Christmas. And one of the families that um, was from a town called Waveland, Mississippi, where the actual eye of Katrina came through, 95% um, of all the buildings were gone, the trees were gone. Um, when I first stopped in there, I first flew in there, it was eerie because of everything was gone, everything was destroyed. There were no sounds. There were no birds left. There were no small animals left. Everything was washed out to sea. So um, I met with this couple who I had sent gift cards to for their family. And they said they wanted to rebuild their city. So I saw it as the perfect time to start the charity. So we did a lot of um, rebuilding. We rebuilt 24 homes. We rebuilt parks. Uh, we did things like uh, a mass baby shower, um, we, uh, computer center for the students in a little park called um, Middletown, which was the black area of Cleveland, Mississippi, which made it um, a, a very poor area. If you can imagine a, an area that was black in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. The poverty was pretty intense. The suffering was pretty intense. So that's where we set up. And since that, we've, as far as um, disasters like that, natural disasters, we ended up 
responding to 10 natural disasters, 10 hurricanes over our 15 years. Um, and locally, we work in the, Sar the upstate part of um, New York State, in the Saratoga County region, we do a, the same thing. We do a lot of rebuilding of very poor mobile homes. We do Christmas projects. We help start Code Blue, the homeless um, shelter. We do East projects, Christmas projects, um, like I said, a lot of rebuilding. As far as the international work, this was my great dream as a teenager. I had always wanted to work in Africa. Um, so the, the opportunity, I had a friend who kept sending me um, opportunities in Uganda, mm -hmm. uh, very poor, uh, very poor orphanages. And, but it was always, I was so busy in Mississippi, I just didn't have time. So one day I received an email and it was a small orphanage in Uganda who was really struggling. So when I opened the pictures to look at the pictures they sent, one of the children had um, a Boston Spa football t-shirt on. Boston Spa is where I went to school and I played football for Boston Spa. <laughs> How about that? Somebody was trying to tell me something. Yeah. First project there was the orphanage. Um, and from there, we've, we just finished $114,000 new orphanage building. But we've, um, we've expanded out to two schools, two clinics, farms, um, a small savings and loan, micro loan bank, um, many poor projects. We have a, um, a one of the few projects at one of our schools for the deaf and disabled, um, a project which is, has grown immensely. And then we also have projects. We also have built, um, funded this, a school in Afghanistan for girls. Um, and we're uh, helping to educate 40 young women as teachers who will go out through the countryside and educate uh, young girls which is can be a dangerous situation for them um, you know, in Afghanistan, but the project is going very well. But my great love is, is Africa, is Uganda. Yeah, what a, just a plethora of work. And frankly, what a beautiful story as well, just from you know you having this desire as a child to want to help others, which is something I share with you. You know, I'm always someone who wants to help others. And having, you know, everything comes from that, that that idea, that seed of the idea, and then that decision that you and your wife had in the car, that the decision that you wanted to help, and quite a wise decision, I think, that you made, a, a good point that you made there when natural disasters happen, a lot of people rush in, it probably becomes a case of too many chefs, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people just get in the way there and probably hold things up more than help in some respects. Of course, they have good intentions, but, you know, that's not always the way it really works out. Um, actually when they get on the ground and in the area. So I'm fascinated to know, you know, what a simple way to do it and get started as well. Just send an email out, ask people to give two things in that email and then ask them to forward that on. And, you know, with goodwill of people, an idea soon soon spreads, doesn't it? But I'm fascinated to know how long did it take from, you know, you sending that first email out to you getting them two tractor trailers of gifts, gifts out to those children? Well, the email went out in uh, Katrina had hit in August. Um, so we started working on it immediately. So it was from August until 
November, we made the delivery, um, the yeah. delivery into Abbeville, Louisiana. Um, so it was a pretty quick process. I worked on it continuously. I emailed continuously. I emailed every toy company I could find. I emailed every holiday candy company I could find. I sent thousands of emails out, and it worked. We're, yeah. um, we're also, which is unusual, we're 100% volunteer organization. This is one of the things that makes us different. Um, I think I had told you earlier I was I, – I was told by two experts that the way I wanted to run the charity wouldn't work. I wanted to build a charity that looks like the world. We have people who are um, from all religions, people who are straight, people who are gay. Um, we literally look like the, the globe. We also work as, like I mentioned, 100% volunteer organization, 99% of every penny we raise Every dollar we raise goes to elect, uh, directly to the work. There is no overhead. I work as the, the executive director and the founder. I've never received a penny. Uh, all our transportation, anyone who goes to any location, they pay their own way, which is very unusual. It is. It is. And, and look, that is why, you know, that combined with knowing Aaron and, and the kind of just transparent, honest good gentleman that he is and anything that i knew he would be a part of would be the same but it was really refreshing to me you know when we when i created this book that came from this podcast which talks about people's stories of struggles to success you know the guy that i'm working with on it a guy called michael bridgman who's in canada he said you know i, I said we should we should give some of the proceeds of this to charity you know make this something that gives back you know, it's about people, so it's for people, and let's really make it give back to people. And then Aaron, as as someone who's going to be writing a chapter in the book, when I, I already knew about the Giving Circle, I already knew it's one of those really, really rare charities out there that does truly operate at zero profit, you know. But what, what you can find with a lot of these charities, um, and I know this because I've started one recently and, and found, found out that that's how it kind of works out for a lot of them, that someone somewhere is fortunately or unfortunately it depends how you look at it i suppose getting their pockets filled for the work uh, and look i respect the fact that people need to be paid for their time and their money but really if you're truly doing it from a, a place of sincerity and wanting to just give and help other people then it, it really can be you know I, I kind of in a way i kind of understand why people were trying to say to you you couldn't do it but what i love even way more than that is the fact that you didn't listen to them and that you did you know that that's fantastic it would have been easy to give in or quit but you certainly didn't do that and and now here we are you know what's that 15 years later is that right yeah 15 years later my math is great <laughs> and and it's and it's still going and it's growing and it's a an international effort so like I, I just really want to take a second to congratulate you on that I know that's not why you do it. I, I assume you're not that kind of person, but I think it's a, a fantastic effort, and um, and it's something that I'm really proud of to to contribute to. And and going forward, there's not just going to be one of these books. We figured out a way we can do a whole series of them and get people to actually contribute their chapters to us. So I think this is going to be a really good thing going forward, working between us. I greatly appreciate it, and certainly everyone we help will appreciate. Um, will appreciate it. It's, um, I think, 
all people or most people certainly are inherently good and and want to help and ease suffering um our religion or our charities also includes all the religions of the world my wife and i happen to be buddhists and much of our religion is based upon and my goal is to ease the suffering of the world there's just so much suffering and it's it's so easy to address it you just have to work and have to address it so that really the only goal of the giving circle is if you're hungry we'll feed you if you're home do not have a home we'll help find you a home our only goal is to ease suffering we have no other goal we have no agenda um we have no uh forcing our beliefs on anyone else we have um we stay out of all politics for sure um but we just um we've we work on christian churches we work on um work for islamic uh groups we just all we want to do is ease suffering and i think when you come in from i think when you keep things simple and you have simple intentions it makes things easier to work and easier to deal with and i think that combined with the fact that you're so open to saying look it doesn't matter if you're uh straight gay lgbtq whether you're sikh buddhist christian it doesn't matter what kind of background you come from we're happy to welcome you on board and we're happy for you to help others that's why we're here that probably makes the task a little bit easier doesn't it instead of trying to close it down and going no look we only do this and this is the only people um you know we want we want to have help us you know you find a lot of and i especially run into it in africa um a lot of organizations um i guess with with a kind heart but with an agenda they'll they'll enter into uganda or afghanistan wherever it is whatever country it is and their goal is more towards in um trying to force their beliefs on on the people of that country of that area rather mm-hmm. than just ease their suffering and it it really creates quite a situation a hard situation and we don't deal with it we just don't deal we respect their religion their culture always um and that's the most important thing again our only job is to ease suffering and that i think that's what everybody's job is yeah yeah no i i love that i absolutely love that i i expect along the way you know you've had some challenges that you've come up against as you do with any project particularly in 15 years of it like is it, of course you've shared one there that you know someone said oh you can't do it that way and you clearly proved them wrong is there any of the kind of big challenges you've met along the way that you've had to overcome well, the challenge is certainly for us because technically we're a small charity but we we have a, a larger reach than many very large charities with mm-hmm. um, you know which have large payrolls uh many expenses so basically we're small but our reach is very very large so like every charity um one of the big uh issues one of the main issues is is fundraising fundraising is very hard um really concerned about it now with uh the covid um people will struggle to be able to don- make donations when they do it'll be more local and it's very understandable so mm-hmm. bringing funds uh for the africa and for our international work is going to be a real struggle 
it um, normally it is, but we've always, one of the things with the Gimpic Circle is when we needed, when I decided on a project, we needed funds, we didn't have them. Um, back to Mississippi, when we, were, we rebuilt 24 houses, I would be at a house completing it, finishing it, and we would be completely broke. We wouldn't have one more penny. We have, would have families come to us asking for help. So by the time I flew back to, um, to New York, I would, try to, I would try to figure out who the people I could reach out to. And every single time we raised enough money, we did that 26 times. We went from zero to having the money to do the work. And that's how all our work has been done. It's been done hand to mouth and it works. Amazing. And just hard work, grit, determination, hustle, you could call it, which we'll get on to in a minute. But, you know, you said there that you expect, and I think it's fair to, you know, that people's pockets aren't as deep as they have been, you know, in, in recent times. You started in 2005. Of course, 2008 was the global financial crisis. Did you find that that was a, a problem that you kind of came up against then at that time? At 2000, I'm sorry, 2008. Sorry, 2008, you know, when the global financial crisis hit and, and everyone, uh, you know, people had a bit less money then. Was that a problem that you found then? It was harder to get fundraising? I don't think so. I think we worked through that fairly easy. I think because of the long term of what COVID is going to be in more of a wide, uh, worldwide situation, I we're starting to see it now. We're starting to see some of... Um, I've built some a, a network of some larger donors, and even our larger donors are starting to struggle. And donations from them have really, um, really dipped. A couple of the businesses that I'm very close with, um, who are rather large, strong businesses, are on the edge of closing. So yeah. it's it, it's a very tough situation and. I just have to figure a way to get the money, but we have always done it. We've always found the money. You've, uh, I mean, you've done it. You said you did it 26 times there. I'm sure there's many more times that you'll, uh, you'll figure it out, Mark. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to do all I can here with this book to, um, to help give what we can. You know, I, I, I know it's going to be a big book. I, I, in my mind, it's going to sell millions of copies. And the great thing about it is that there's 33 authors. So that's 33 people. Many of them are brand new authors that are wanting to be hungry to get their name out there. So it's not just, you know, a publishing team and, and, and a couple of people, one author getting behind it. It's a lot of people. So and one thing that I think is good is that now we're all at home. We're having a bit of quiet time. We're reading a few more of these. So that could pertain to a few more sales. So there's always a, always the, a plus to be found in, in most things I try and find. And that's one I'm going to find here. Yeah. I think, um, sorry, go ahead. I was just, we're, we certainly appreciate it. And even more than we appreciate is the people we help. They appreciate it the most. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's all, that's who it's all about at the end of the day. Switching from kind of those, those challenges and things you've overcome to like big wins and, and triumphs you've had for the giving circle. Now, I imagine there's just a, an endless amount of, of times every person that you help is really a big triumph i guess in your eyes as, as the founder and, and executive director but is there any that really stick out to you some moments that really really make you proud 
I think as far as internationally is is getting people back in their homes, people who had really had no hope of getting in their homes at all. Every time we would finish them, I said 26 times, um, to see them enter their homes, which they thought they would never have again, that's a big challenge. And that's a thing, I think, I we get more of a gift from them, them allowing us into their lives than we, um, we do for them. And as far as challenges um, and big victories uh, in Uganda, it's, it's, we had, we're renting a small house for our children, our sons and daughters, and we wanted to expand and we built a very large building um, so we can really open it up more to our deaf and disabled children. But we built um, a $114,000 building, which in Uganda is s several hundred million uh, shillings. So it was mm. a very large project. But that project, I was really struggling to get the last $30,000. And I really worked at it, really struggled. And this from a lot of hard work, but the same thing happened. I found the last $30,000, but it, it came from pushing and pushing, asking. Um, I became very good at asking, but um, it, it's that push, uh, that constant push and dream to do it. And it's been completed. And we're just finishing now uh, a three-story school or for our Basoga school, three-story um, building, same thing. Had to struggle a little to get the funds from it, but we got it. And within that school building is where we'll expand our programs for the deaf and disabled children, children who have been left behind and basically thrown away. Um, they're not thrown away anymore. We take them. That's brilliant. That really, honestly, makes my heart smile when I hear that. One thing that's just came to me and that I've thought about is, of course, that you have to find you know, local builders, local plumbers, electricians, contractors and stuff to build these buildings. And I suppose in doing that, you're as well as building the building and then that helps the children, the people, if you're building a house, the people that live in it, it puts money actually into the community, doesn't it? Because you're paying guys to do it. Yeah, we paid. We don't, um, the Giving Circle doesn't hands-on in, in Africa build anything because we want to put that money back into their economy to hire as many villagers as as we can. And that's been uh, a, a great blessing for them. We've, we've, given con, uh, different workers quite a bit of money um, and the, um, the suppliers of the materials. So we've been able yeah. to pump a lot of money back into their into their community. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's another thing that you don't always think about in the, in the first part of, of, you know, a charity like this that's building buildings. But of course, you know, if there's local people doing it, that money's going back into the community. Right. That money is then getting probably spent in then communities, and it, it just kind of it spreads out and spreads on from there. So it's a brilliant thing. But you know, all of this market, it takes you know grit, determination, perseverance. I think you can wrap all of those kind of words up in the word hustle. And you know, I define the word hustle. It really means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I define it to be not seeing the circumstances that you desire or, or you think could be better and just going out there and creating them. And I think in a way, Mark, that's essentially what you've done with the giving circle. But I'd love to know how you define the word hustle and what's really driven your hunger for it throughout these, you know, these 15 years of, of running this nonprofit. Well, certainly 
what had fueled me to do it is seeing the suffering of the world. I've been in some of the poorest places on the planet. Our village of uh, Kogoma Gate was the poorest village in Uganda, was one of the poorest villages on earth. Um, the death rate when we first entered um, for children was bizarrely high. They had one well that was um, put in probably 10 years earlier. It wouldn't work. Um, most of the water came from, from um, a stream that was very polluted. So the first thing we did was repair that well. We ended up, uh, I had one of the government officials ask us to put a three-room classroom in. So from that three-room classroom, we've now put a complete school in there, clinic, kitchen. We feed the kids every twice a day. Um, we put in sanitation. And now this village that is the, was the poorest village, one of the poorest on earth, is now is no longer that. And we're actually moving into another village now who is the poorest village on, on earth. So that's the drive um, of seeing the suffering of the world, wherever it is, and knowing that without with a hustle, with a lot of hustle, um, and a desire to ease that suffering, that it can be done, and it, it, you know, it can be done without huge and monstrous donations. It can be done the same way Barack Obama won his first election. Is not by very large donations, but many small donations, and he was it was proven that that could be done and it was done and it can be done with charities too i love getting big checks i don't get me wrong i love getting very large checks but um every every dime um really helps and we're just as grateful to those people and make make them um it clear to them that we're very grateful to them just as um we're grateful to you know, a five or ten thousand dollar check. Yeah, yeah. Every every dollar counts, right? And I, and I suppose one positive is that you know a, a dollar in in the US equates to more in 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 a sense in in the shillings in Uganda, right? So what you could build for a hundred thousand dollars in in the US, you can build a lot more building in Uganda. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, the exchange rate is about thirty seven. Um, hundred shillings to a dollar. Okay. So and then what does? Yeah. Sorry. Go on. That's right. The money goes very, um, very, very far. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a plus as well, right? Because it means that um, yeah, it just spreads out and and um, gets to help more people. But um, mm. yeah, I hope we can. Um, I certainly hope we. I, I I'm confident we can, and I believe that you know it's your belief. That, that really predicates things. I, I, I'm a person that I think thoughts become, everything comes from the thought and thoughts become things. And just like you've managed to raise that money many, many times, I'm confident this book's going to be a big success and we can we can certainly pump some money into this just fantastic cause. Like I, I knew, that Mark, like completely honestly and transparently here, I knew that Aaron wouldn't be involved in anything that wasn't above board and just 100% authentic. But having this interview with you has just filled my heart with joy even more and give me a big thumbs up in my mind to know that we've just chosen the right charity to give to for this project. So I'm really glad that we've uh, we've, done, we've done this interview. And I think as we come to the end of it and the close, 
I'd love to talk. I'd love to ask you what are some goals and dreams and aspirations and maybe even some current projects. What are you working on right now with the Giving Circle? Um, the goal is to continue this work far past when I'm gone, and that that's the goal. Our goal in Uganda is um, everything I'm building there is to make themselves sustainable. Um, between having the schools all built, the infrastructure all completely built, but also ways that they can fund themselves through farming, through the bank, through other things. So in the end, towards the end, we can leave. We would never leave, but we could walk away. And that's the greatest um, gift we can give to them. And it's not what most charities want. Most charities want to be needed. And we don't. I want to be needed in the beginning, but I want to be able to walk away and know they're on their own two feet. As far as projects we're working on now is um, getting um, our projects in Uganda to that point, but also to increase, um, it's very dear to us, to increase the projects, um, the teaching projects for our deaf and disabled children, because they literally in, in uh, Africa, if a child can't bring in an income to a family, they're usually tossed to the side. Many are um, tossed from the family, um, but they're not educated because um, the family struggles. They need the children to be able to bring in money for the family to survive. So if a child's deaf, he was unteachable. If a child was disabled, was unable to work, they're put to the side. So our program has really exploded. Um, we also, something I'm quite proud of is there was a movie recently called The Queen of Katwe, a Disney movie. Um, it's a true story about a girl from a slum in Kampala and Robert Katende, who is um, a very good friend now, was teaching chess in Kampala, the capital. We brought him into our schools, into our two schools, in our Kogomath Gate School, which was the poorest of their villages, within the first two years, two and a half years, we sent a team of children. Now, these are children who couldn't read or write when we entered. They couldn't speak English, had no education at all. Within two, two and a half years, we sent a team of boys and girls to the Uganda Nationals, and we ended up with four national champions. So that it shows every child and every person, every human being, all you need to do is give them the tools and give them the hope and they'll they'll um, certainly flower. Yeah, that's fantastic. In what discipline did, were they champions in? What were they, what was the sport? Chess. Chess, oh, brilliant, yeah, oh, brilliant, yeah. A, a mind game as well, a truly, yeah. truly great game. That's fantastic. Mark, I'm so pleased that we did this interview with you and I'm just so pleased to have the opportunity to support this charity. The aim is to get the book out by the end of February. It was the end of January, but we've got 33 people involved. And, you know, as you know, when you're working with a lot of people, sometimes uh, timelines get pushed back. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to I think once we get the book underway, uh, we might even get you and Aaron on, uh, on the, at the same time. We can get three people in here at the same time, no problem. And, uh, and yeah, we'll... We'll kind of document the journey of how things are going and how we're helping, how we're raising the funds and how they're helping these people in U Uganda. Well, we're certainly, we appreciate everything you do and um, we're very happy. We hope you sell 
to 10 million books. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. Thanks so much for joining me, Mark. I'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. It's good to meet you. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.